Welcome aboard. This is your captain, Johnny. And first mate, Jess. Thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the ships of chaos. Our loyal listeners, this is Johnny, and this is Jess. Howdy, 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 howdy. How you been, Jess? <laughs> I'm good, good. Still having a pretty solid, uneventful week, which I'm totally fine with. How about you? I'm having a great week. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Are you trying to convince me you're having a great week? <laughs> I think I'm trying to convince myself. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know that very well. <laughs> So I learned I learned to do this with my voice. Okay. <clears throat> I hear well no, no, no. I see a bad moon rising. <laughs> Where how? Huh? <laughs> did, I said, uh, how did you learn how to do that? And why? Um, there's a okay, so Bad Moon Rising is a song by Credence Clearwater Revival, mm-hmm. and there goes. I see a bad moon rising. Well, a like shock metal rocker or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. We did it with like that gr- graininess. And I just wanted to learn how to sing that. That's awesome. It's really cool. <laughs> it hurts my voice. Uh, it sounds like it just kind of like Derek's voice. Yeah. After a while. Yeah. I had, I had my coworker though. He decided he went to lunch mm-hmm. and he went to like, we have this like little, so like a soda truck in our town, like, like a food truck, but they do sell sodas. That's cool. And they like, it's the only place like in like a 25 mile radius that sells butterbeer. Mm. So he went to lunch today and came back and surprised me with a butterbeer. Oh, so nice of him. Yeah, because he knows how much I love butterbeer. Does the soda truck have a punny name? Sweet Sips. Oh, I mean, it gets the point across. We have a soda truck here where I live, and they call it So Delicious. So Delicious? (laughs) All one word, S-O-D-A, So Delicious. You had a good week? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any funny stories. I'm still just working my ass off. Yeah, me too. I stumbled upon a Dramini story that's been keeping me awake at night. Um, and it's called Nocturnus. Uh-huh. And um, Draco like ascends to become some sort of moon prince. Uh-huh. And it's so good. That sounds pretty good. It is pretty good. I'm about halfway through Midnight Sun. That's the Edward version, right? Yeah, that's of Edward. Twilight. Yeah, Edward's point of view of Twilight. Is it so. good? Uh, not really. It's bad. You you read it and okay, like you read Twilight and you kind of fall in love with Edward just a little bit from her point of view. Mm-hmm. You read Mid- Midnight Sun and you think, "Wow, he's an abusive asshole." Oh man. Is he like super obsessive too? Because he comes across very obsessive. In the- yeah, he's like super obsessive and thinking, um, I need a protector at all times. She can't do things on her own. 
Now, um, do you think that you were annoyed with him because you're a Bella Jasper shipper? That may be it. I'm also slightly annoyed with him because, like, I, <laughs> I'm also annoyed with him kind of because um, uh, I just finished watching Eclipse. Mm-hmm. And I've been in abusive relationships, and one of the biggest signs is that they isolate you from their friends, and, like, him isolating her from Jacob just pissed me off so much watching Eclipse this last Mm -hmm. week. I think there's a lot of, I mean, we don't have to get too in-depth with it. We could save it for a Twilight season, but there's a lot of issues with Twilight. Yeah. I think it's just my how my mind is working this week. Well. And save a horse, ride a cowboy, ja- Team Jasper all the way. Yeah, that, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I enjoyed it as a teenager. I sucked yeah. those books up as soon as they released. So, you know. Yeah. But I think as a teenager, you view it differently. And now as adults, we're like, oh, this is not, that's not okay. <laughs> When Twilight came out in like, I think it was the movie came out in 2008. Something like that. Yeah. Cause I was in high school. So I was, I had just turned like 19. So I was still a teenager. So I was heavily into it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm an adult and doing adult things. I paid my rent today. It's just, He's an abusive asshole. I'm not enjoying t- Midnight Sun as much as I thought I was going to. Um, but I bet you if it had came out because I remember this whole thing about Midnight Sun and we can <laughs> wrap our toilet conversation up and get to Teen Wolf. But mm-hmm. Midnight Sun, she intended that book to come out af- it, it, directly after what's the last book? Eclipse? Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn. So she had intended, but it had gotten leaked. Yeah, in 2012. Mm-hmm. It had gotten leaked, and she's like, well, fuck you guys. Now I'm not going to re- release this anymore. So yeah. I bet you if it had came out on time in 2012, it maybe would have been perceived better. But now it's like, uh, really? Yeah. I just, I, I think it's just our our age at this point. Yeah. So I'll, I, I'm determined to finish it, though. You should. Let me know how um, it concludes. Well, I mean, we know how it ends, but let me know how you feel at the end of it. Yeah, I will. And let's um, get on a happier note and talk about Teen Wolf. Yeah, let's turn our happiness around and you give us a recap. Yeah, so last episode, not super duper eventful. We get a little bit of information about Styles of Spark and the Bone Men. Uh-huh. But essentially, they're prepping to hit the road. They're fixing up an old station wagon. And by they, I mean Derek, shirtless, fixing up an old station wagon. Whew, so hot. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, Isaac and we had one other guy that you tried to speak for, <laughs> Isaac and Boyd. Boyd, just doing stuff around the house, like to get stuff together. But Good old fucking Gerard tells Styles that because of his spark, the bone men are following him. Basically, like, it's your fault, Styles. And we found out that the hunters um, on their road blockade uh-huh. got attacked. 
by the bowmen. There was an important part with Korra. Styles went into a panic attack and Korra brought him down. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was a connecting moment between Korra and Styles. That's that's right. And everybody was telling him he's pack because he was trying to be like, hey, no, you guys go on without me. Like, I'm not going to put you into danger. But yeah, the, it was a solidifying moment for the pack, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said, no, you're pack, Styles. That's it. I think that's it. Let's jump into the we're in, we're in a new chapter, catharsis. Yeah, catharsis. We discussed last week about what catharsis meant. Yeah, it's just like letting go, right? Being clear, yeah. level headed. I hopefully Styles is the cathar, not cathartic, right? Is that would that be cathartic? The term? Is a word. No, I know it is a word, but is it the word to use here? I don't know if you can use cathartic, catharsis or cathartic as a noun. This is chapter nine. The more time they spent together on their inescapable road trip, the more time that Erica, Boyd, and Isaac spent in their human shapes. Often the chill of their makeshift, makeshift sleeping quarters Usually an abandoned house or that one time an old gas station meant that Styles woke surrounded by furry bodies. For the most part, however, during the day, he was able to interact with their human faces and his words came easier as the days passed. Styles had even found a set of walkie-talkies which he and Erica in particular derived limitless amusement from. The car games did seem to drive dare. Derek to exasperation as readily as Styles's restless energy though. They were moving at last, putting distance between them and the heavy cloud looming, looming behind them. They stopped for food and fuel where they had to, when they didn't take the risk of leaving it any longer, which abated the restlessness somewhat. Derek, however, seemed to grow more distant the closer they drew to Aurelia Lake District. They hadn't seen another town for miles. Everything was surrounded by trees and there were mountains in the far, far distance with snow clouds clinging to their peaks. It might have been beautiful if Styles hadn't felt the pressure to keep moving, not to mention the, the weight of Derek's melancholy. Want me to drive the next leg? Styles offered. They'd likely only make one more stop with less than a day's travel if they made good time. Derek tilted his head slightly in his direction of, in lieu of looking at him, showing that he had heard him but not responding otherwise. Styles glanced at the wing mirror, spying the station wagon following close behind. They'd taken their turns carrying their prisoner, but Styles thought perhaps Cor and the others had seen the mood that has settled over Derek and seen fit to give him a few hours respite from his toxic presence. Squeezing their increasingly intolerable passenger into the wide boot of the station wagon wagon wasn't exactly undeserved either. Huh, they finally put him in the trunk of the car. I've been telling them this for two whole (laughs) chapters now. (laughs) Sorry. Slowly, Styles let his fingers spread out, feathering across Derek's thigh where they gripped gently. 
There was a beat of further nothingness, of silent isolation cut off from Derek's thoughts and contact. Until Styles, until something in Derek seemed to stir and one, one of his hands moved to cover Styles's and squeeze. Don't make me drag it out of you, Styles breathed softly, relieved at the way Derek's grasp held him, as if he were afraid Styles would disappear before his eyes. It alleviated his fear that something had fractured between them, though strengthened his suspicion that Derek's own fears were what had smothered their usual banter easy and easy closeness. It had been since they set out for Aurelia, Aurelia hadn't it? Derek, Stiles said more forcefully, staring hard into at his profile now. Derek, what are you afraid of? Because it's not what's behind us. Stiles was pretty sure it didn't come from the same source as his unease, afraid to really hope he might get to see his dad at last. Might get to be safe be with people like before. Without fear, it would all be torn from him the moment he let his guard down. Huh? I said it's heartbreaking to feel for, like, Styles. It's just... Yeah. There are worse things than darkness. Derek replied distantly, eyes on the road ahead as it grew into a steeper climb the further north they headed. They'd come across a few places where abandoned cars had blocked the roads further back, but with such an overgrown force enclosing the increasingly widening road, it felt like they were traveling an unworthy, untrustworthy path. He let Derek guide. He let Derek guide them around the tight bend, the road compromised by years of wilderness left unchecked and allowed to creep toward the tarmac with a thick covering of muddy leaves. Stiles watched Derek guide them through it and then turned to watch the station wagon follow them through safely before looking to Derek again. He tried to pretend, he tried to be patient. He honestly did. He tried to let Derek choose his words his moment. But even before the years of silence, he found it hard to cope with. He excelled exasperate, exasperate, ex, wow. He excelled exasperatedly. Jesus Christ, Derek, I'm out of practice with human interaction and acceptable behavior, okay? Just tell me what I've done wrong so I can fix it. Derek cut him a brief sideways glance. You haven't done anything, he said, sounding confused. Perhaps he sensed Styles' mouth opening to press the matter further. However, because he seemed to sigh without noise, broad fingers flexed around the steering wheel as if for strength. You were alone for so long before I met you. He breathed the words as if it hurt him to think of Styles back in that tower alone and daring not to hope for more. He squeezed the warm leather in his grasp a little tighter. 
when you saw me. We were the only two people in the world. His voice trailed off. Styles didn't know people, but he knew Derek enough to know where his words had been leading. He stiffened in his seat. Stop the car. What? Derek, oh, sorry. Derek, stop the damn car. He snapped and Derek, with a brief glance in the mirror, eased on the brakes until they were a standstill in the middle of the road. Styles turned his body fully to stare at him. Look, look him straight in the eyes so that Derek could not misunderstand. I chose you. His voice was as intense as his gaze, and perhaps those in the car behind could hear, could either hear or sense something was happening, something vital between him and Derek, for they did not get out of their car. Derek's eyes, green, gray, and soft overclass light of the day looked so young and afraid then and Styles saw the uncertainty in them the struggle for the right words so similar to Styles's. eventually he managed I think maybe if you'd had more options you might have chosen differently Styles sat back a little as if in shock but he felt no surprise He'd come to know Derek so well that he, his self-condemnation, his inability to allow himself to be happy, it was all because he blamed himself in some way for all that had happened to his family. The same as Styles feared. Neither of them have, had ever shared this connection. Not in times where everything felt so fragile, ephemeral, like a bubble. They both knew each other, and yet, somehow, things were managing to get tangled up regardless. Feeling confined by his lack of words, Styles undid his seatbelt and opened the car door, spilling clumsily into the bitter air. Styles? Erica's voice called from the car behind, but Styles did not turn his face to her. Though he was warmed by the fact that she and the others had climbed from the car to see if he was well. I'm fine, he called back. I'm fine. I just, just need some air or he didn't stop walking. Even as he spoke, he heard the other door of the Camaro open, but he didn't stop. He walked and walked, his head buzzing with all the words he wanted to say, but couldn't make sense of to make Derek feel what he felt, see what he meant until his thoughts were deafening, deafeningly dim. He jerked at the grasp on his elbow, his arm wrenching in the socket at the same moment that the ground fell away beneath his feet. He staggered back underneath the strength of the strong fingers locked around his flesh. They steadied him against the loose grit of the uneven ground, so he just about remained on his feet. You can't walk off on your own like that. We don't know what's out there, Derek snapped sharply. That's the kind of stupidity that gets you killed. Styles searched forward into Derek's space, ripping his arm from his grasp, not in the least bit grateful being saved from a spill, not when he was so angry and hurt. Why does it matter? 
I only picked you because you were the first werewolf to stumble into me after years of loneliness, right? As soon as we get step into the settlement, I'll have a more, more variety to choose from. <laughs> I'm a little they're, sad that they're fighting. Yeah. They're, th but both of them are kind of uh, self-conscious at this mm, point. Yeah. Just a moment of happiness to be crushed by a relationship fight. Yeah. Derek recoils as if struck. I don't want to fight, he said, even through gritted teeth, as if he was struggling to stay calm himself. His words, so at odds with his own tension, gave Styles pause. Derek, everyone fights. We're going to as well. We have done and will do it more, a lot, Styles said with no bitterness chewing at his words. I'm going to piss you off, and you're going to piss me off right now. I'm so pissed off. There isn't even a word for it. I'm pissed into spe speechlessness. He saw, swore he saw the, the realization that he must have been angry to have see, achieved such a feat across Derek's features. But Derek wisely said nothing. In spite of Derek's closed-off, Hardness, hardened stance and expression, though. Styles felt his vulnerability as fervently as if he were touching it, and it made his anger simmer, if not his hurt. Oh, crap. I lost where I was. Give me a sec. No problem. Okay, there you go. His hurt. He drew a heavy breath to steady his own rampant thoughts, licking his lips nervously. While words came so easily, they weren't always the right words, ones, and he was severely out of practice of the little insight he had into people. We're going to fight, he began again a little more calmly. We'll disagree, all right, but it's not the end of the world. He stopped short at his own words because they were standing in the aftermath of the world's end. Bad choice of words. He dragged his hand over the back of his neck, drew his hair, and excelled in irritation. Look, we're a team, right? A good one. Don't imply that I'm so broken by what's happened to me that I can't Make a choice about what I want, he said fiercely. I meant when I said you were the strongest person I knew. So prove it, Style snapped. Don't decide what's best for me. I survived pretty well on my own. I thought you said... We don't need to face down the world alone, Derek challenged. So don't act like you're a one-man army out to defend my virtue, Styles all but growled. Jesus Christ, Derek, you're really so self-effacing that you think you'd have to be the last man on earth for someone to fall for. 
have you seen you? I mean, amen. Have you seen you? <laughs> I'm the one who should be worried you'll back out of this once we're home. Derek sighed, face lined, tired, as he turned away to look at the trees. The day was gray and overcast, painting the world in muted tones that felt like something from a dream. It was like It was like floating across a nameless plane between the past and the uncertain future that lay ahead of them. I don't who's talking there. Okay. Just I need you to know is all. If you change your mind, it's fine. That's all. I wasn't trying to treat you like you don't know your own mind. You're so afraid that if you're happy, the world will fall to pieces all over again, Stiles said softly. Perhaps it was the raw truth in his words or the, his gentle, coercing tone, but Derek's stunned gaze lifted to him and there Stiles saw the reflection of his own fears. Stiles stepped forward, spanning the distance he'd put between them with closeness. He wrapped his arms around him, clasping him close and smelling his smell. After a beat, he felt Derek do the same, but the familiar soft nudge into his neck and a sinking sensation like all the hot air they'd filled with their anger had fizzled out. We've faced some pretty horrific things, and we've saved each other, Stiles murmured into his shoulder. That's only natural, but it's not. He drew back enough to look at Stiles, Derek's face. He knew he didn't know how to make Derek understand how he felt, but at least he knew whatever he said. Derek would know it was the truth. It's not why I let you in. He was so close, Derek's eyes were all he could see, guarded like a creature that was once bitten and twice shy. Derek let his knuckles touch Derek. I mean, no, no, no. Stiles let his knuckles touch Derek's, let his fingers drag along his loosely clasped hands. Hanging by his side and Derek's own fingers tightened to hold on to him. It was the only part of him that moved. Monsters, Derek could easily face. It was heartache he feared the most. Stiles thought he could empathize with that. You deserve to have whatever you want, Derek managed softly. So do you, Der Stiles thought, but he understood what he meant. Derek was worried this was some survivor's romance and feared what would become of him if Stiles decided he wanted something more. The irony was that the uncertainty of the, their relationship was probably the most normal thing that either of them could experience in this strange, unsettling world. So your solution is to worry that I'm only doing this because I have no choice is to tell me that I'm wrong when I try to make a choice? Derek's brow furrowed, but Stiles spoke again before he could answer. I could sit here and listen to all the reasons I want you. Please don't, Derek headed him off with an awkward grimace. 
So believe me when I say this is real. Styles dragged the pad of his thumb across Derek's hand that clung to his. He didn't look away from his eyes so Derek would see and sense in every way that he spoke the truth. And I don't know where this is going to go, but I want to go there with you. Derek's. Oh, yeah, it's really sweet. And like, you can't even make a joke. Like, this is just so serious and just a sweet and sad all at the same time. I just want to give them like teddy bear hugs. Like, yeah, squish them. They just need love. Derek's eyes roved his face in that way they did, searching deep within him. Without saying a word, he leaned in, hesitating against Styles' lips, as if he were wondering if he still had permission after implying he didn't know his own mind. Styles met him the rest of the way, a reassuring kiss that became something deeper as Derek cupped his neck and held him close. It felt like an apology and a promise and a request all at once, turning ferocious with need until, until Stiles felt himself pressed back to the nearest tree. He made a little gasping groan that Derek swallowed hungrily in desperation rather than lust. He wondered if Derek felt the same sense of foreboding that filled him if he knew the same feeling that something was about to happen, that they wouldn't emerge from entirely unscathed. Styles grasped Derek's shoulder, holding him as tightly as he could in return, panting <laughs> raggedly when Derek's lips broke from his, from his to press to the corner of his kiss bruised mouth, then his chin right where the broken scar ended. They both knew that neither of them had experienced this closeness, this intimacy, this level of trust before. It was a fact as obvious yet as invisible as the air they breathe. And while it probably couldn't have been more, said more often, Styles only managed breathlessly. Don't pull away from me because you're afraid. Derek was so close, and Styles loved him like this. Pressed against him, forehead braced against his own. Their relationship was more baggage, more difficulties than it might have done back when the world made sense. But that didn't mean it wasn't worth the effort. It was all shiny, brand new, but stronger than anything Styles had ever felt before. Built on more than attraction and mutual interest. It wasn't going to crumble. At last, Derek pulled back, glancing the way they'd come, hands still clasped around Styles's. Cora and Erica are headed this way. We should get moving. His, his expression looked strained. I'm their alpha. I should be stronger than this. They're not an army. They're your pack, Styles said firmly. They're there for you to lean on when you need to, aren't they? I mean, it's like a family, isn't it? He wondered if Derek would ever stop being surprised about his intuitive understanding of werewolf culture, if his, of his acceptance of it. 
It was no different to styles than any other, than another branch of human culture, foreign, yet all the more intriguing for it. Though he supposed there were plenty humans who had hated other humans just for being different. Had the way he was brought up not been the norm, his memories of normal civilization were so hazy by then, it was hard to remember. You're allowed to be afraid and you're allowed to let me or Cora or one of the others, all of the others back you up if need be. He chewed the inside of his mouth as he considered his next words. You and me, we show we share the load pretty well up till now, didn't we? Don't feel like you have to take all the weight back on your shoulders just because your pack has grown a little more. Even when I was younger, Dad and I used to help each other out. After Mom died, you know, you're responsible for, the, for them to some extent. But they want to be responsible for you, too. Mm -hmm. That was what family was, after all. The word, our pack, seemed to settle the uncertainty in Derek somewhat, if not the general sense of foreboding radiating from him. Styles gave him a little smile, squeezing his hand so that he knew would know he wasn't in this alone. If there was any doubt of that left after all that had been said. Are you ready to go home? There was a heartbeat of hesitation where Derek seemed to register the meaning of in his words. Then he nodded, squeezing his fingers in kind. How are you feeling right now? Uh, you know, I'm, uh, we just had some heavy shit. Like, I can't even try to crack a joke. Our, our guys are having a tough moment right now. They're okay. They're going to be okay. But some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to feel insecure and, like, you don't deserve love, basically how Derek's feeling so luckily he has styles and his pack now that's how I feel how do you feel I mean how did you feel when you read it it's, it sucks it's sad it's heavy yeah I kind of wanted to slap Derek upside the head when I first read this a little bit yeah <laughs> but so. like uh slap him upside the head and then give him a hug because he clearly needs a hug I wanted I wanted to like slap him upside the head push him into the tree and then make out with him yeah yeah, I, I concur. It's raw, you know, like we, yeah. there's, there's nothing funny about it. No. Okay. So we're going to go bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I love it. A time skip. Do a time skip. Dun, 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 dun. Bum, bum. Let's do the time skip again. <laughs> I'm such a dork. All right. The trees thinned the closer they got, and Styles was practically vibrating where he sat. Normally, he'd have switched positions with Derek and driven a leg of the journey. But he was so distracted and anxious. Sleep pounded viciously on the windscreen and the road in for further warning until they mutually agreed it'd be best if they didn't risk it. The warmth of Derek's hand covering his thigh made him jerk initially from his thoughts. Sorry, he said sheepishly. 
Nearly there, Derek promised, squeezing gently. Their moods seemed to have switched since their last stop, with Styles on edge and Derek calming to counter him, as if he knew Styles needed him to lean on now. After he'd done with the reverse earlier, in a perfect mirror image, he kept talking to suit Styles' frazzled senses, even though Derek had told him about most of it before. The settlement started out as a thriving farm town. But before everything started to go bad, they had these solar farms and wind turbines installed. It was cutting edge technology at the time. But the location up high with warm seasons made them perfect for it all. They were one of the first places to get it. Almost an experiment, I guess. When your dad took charge with Chris, they kept saying they wanted to send search parties out to see if any other towns with this kind of setup had any survivors. But it's never been. It had never been safe, not with the bone men, and the risk did not outweigh the gains. Not yet. Styles knew what, that without Derek having to spell it out. We have a strict limit per house, but we have hot water. Styles groaned in delight, even though Derek had painted this picture for him before, on the darker days when they thought he'd never get to see it. He knew about the walls they'd built around the town and the food production, the people who'd made soaps and candles. He knew about the protection they had around the reservoir where their running water came from. They were pretty much Yeah, I think I I stumbled there a bit. A little bit. They were pretty much sustainable. It was like Styles's resourcefulness and foraging on a colossal scale, Derek had said. They had to be careful, but they were doing okay. People were okay there. Supernatural and human alike. Styles felt a wave of calm sweep through him as Derek described it all over again. If there was anyone who could build a new world where werewolves and humans work together, it was his dad. Bare parts for vehicles are scarce, so we try not to use them, Derek continued. We use horses mostly, or our own two feet. The idea of his dad, who had always been not scared but wary of horses riding one like a sheriff of an old west made laughter <laughs> bubble up in him <laughs> that's funny <laughs> so right a sheriff oh <laughs> that's the joke i've been waiting to make the whole episode <laughs> <laughs> okay so no um I was going to say, there's this show called Yellowstone. And um, Ian Bowen, who plays Peter Hell, is in this show. And there's a part where he's riding on a fucking horse. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God. (laughs) At that point, it's like, save a horse, ride a cowboy. (laughs) 
Yep. <laughs> you but said it's the guy that plays Peter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a horse. Mm-hmm. But you're... Save a horse, ride a sheriff, just blew mine out of the water. You're welcome. <laughs> I had to break up that uh, <laughs> tension that we had there from the, the fight. He was still laughing when they cleared the boundaries of the forest era and pulled out onto a narrow path. It was dotted with only a few trees and left a clear view of the Aurelia Lake District settlement in all its glory and everything it represented. A lump rose in Styles' throat. You okay? Styles couldn't answer Derek. He felt sick and giddy all at once. Hey, Derek murmured, calling Styles' gaze to him, to where he kept glancing at him, ensuring he was okay as he guided the car down the street road toward the vast wooden goats. I'm here. Styles could only nod. The walls were something like, no, the walls were like something out of a medieval siege. And though he didn't think the mixture of brick, stone, and barbed wire fencing could withstand a battering ram, like the movies he'd seen, he thought they would give them a fighting chance against unfriendly visitors. It looked safe even if Styles' overactive imagination couldn't stop him from thinking of all the things that could conquer it. It looked like somewhere that you could put your faith in. He didn't think the bone men could build a battering ram or work one, even if they found one. It took years to build it strong enough, Derek sa said, as if he knew the direction of his thoughts. Me and the other wolves all tested at once, and it held. It's some security. Nothing has ever breached it, but we have watchmen. We weren't complacent. A smile twitched at the corner of his lips. Your dad and Chris Argent run a tight ship. Styles felt pride rise in his chest even through the tight, ancient desperation at the thought he was going to see his dad soon. He was going to see his dad, unless... Unless he'd been hurt while Derek had been gone. Unless he'd been... Gerard would be so proud, he managed, trying for a joke to distance himself from his panic. His voice was rough, though, with how tight his throat felt, it fell flat. Derek's hand stretched out to rest on his ner on his nervously jittering knee. He turned his head to face Styles just as they pulled up outside the gate. Your dad will be proud, he said sincerely. As soon as he realizes he's not looking at a dream. Styles licked his lips and looked up at the vast gates from where he sat even as Derek's hands drew back to undo his, undo his seatbelt. I feel like I'm looking at a dream. Styles' words were so quiet, they were nearly lost in the sounds of shifting as Derek reached for the door. But he stopped at the sound nevertheless, 
he his fingers hooked onto the handle as he met Styles's uncertain gaze. So come see for yourself. The little smile at the corner of his mouth was enough to encourage him to dispel his nervousness enough for him to follow when Derek stepped out of the car. Yo, just hold it right there, a voice called down from the gate. How did you? A long silence echoed in the air as the wind picked up, cutting through styles like a whip with his jacket still in the car. Anticipation coiled in his belly like a viper, and he heard the station wagon pull up behind them. But Derek held out a hand to signal them to remain in the car. Styles covered his ear as he stared upward, but he couldn't make out the face of the man calling down to them from the top of the wall. He couldn't see his expression, see the reason for his silence. He could only see him watching. Then at last, Hail, is that you? Derek shielded his eyes, the sky bright now, even though through the veil of clouds, glaring white as if the sun was trapped within. Perish! Jesus, we thought, God, open the gates! The la last part was an order, a shout that carried through the landscape around them, and Stiles felt his stomach lurch as the gates started to open. This was it. This was really it. Civilization, or the closest thing there was to it, there was left, and his dad, oh God, his dad, the place where his dad had made a home. He could only just barely manage to coerce his shaking legs back into the car so Derek could drive in. No, we're at the end. This is only the first part of this chapter. They made it. And I gave up trying to find a voice for Parrish. Yeah, I, I like Parrish. <laughs> so next episode, I have a feeling... A little sneaking suspicion that you're gonna be Parrish and the sheriff. <laughs> Maybe a few other people. I'm gonna be Parrish, the sheriff, Styles, Derek, Cora, Scott, Chris, Isaac, Boyd. Yes, everybody. Maybe then Gerard. Oh, definitely Gerard. It's gonna be a hard week next week. <laughs> There are um, so many characters next week. Oh, let's not forget Deaton. And Deaton. That's and I have to I have to find a respectful voice for Deaton. Good luck. <laughs> I look yeah. forward to seeing where you take it. But that was a a rough first part. Yeah. Yay, they made up. Yay, they made it. And next oh, chapter, the next part is like significantly shorter than this part. Okay. So at least I won't have to be talking for long. For long, yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, I really am. My, I don't have any words. It I wasn't finished, funny, <laughs> unfortunately. No, we threw our own jokes in, and I still can't believe you trumped me with that. <laughs> Save, Save a horse, horse ride a sheriff. <laughs> You know, I keep some funnies in my back pocket and I whip it out when I need to. Yeah. Well, that's it for tonight, guys. Thank you for joining us. This is Johnny saying goodbye. This is Jess. Don't forget, join us on our Facebook group, The Ships of Chaos. And um, as always, we'll see you next Chaotic Thursday. 
See you next Chaotic Thursday. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We'd like to thank Hyper Little Noi for allowing us to read her masterpiece, Radio Tower, and to our listeners who welcome us into their homes every week. We love any reviews, downloads, subscriptions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and archive of our own as Ships of Chaos. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Chaotic Thursday.